Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Good morning. It's time to rise and grind with us on the SportsGrid Network Series. XM Channel 159. This is the early line today. It's Donnie Wrightside. And how about this? Mike Blewett joins us for this Tuesday episode. Good morning, Mike. What's up, Donnie? Excited to be in the seat here with you. Uh, Fired up to get going on a variety of different topics, NFL and everything else. Yeah, we got a lot to get through. And over the next two hours, Mike and Donnie will take you through everything you need to know to set up your sports grid day, which includes yesterday, late last night. How about this? Running backs typically aren't getting paid market value, or at least what they think is market value. Well, yesterday, finally, and something that I could call like maybe the worst kept secret in football is, yes, Jonathan Taylor does want out. And how about this? The Indianapolis Colts have said, you know what? Go ahead. Seek a trade for us. What do you think about this, Mike? He's had the switch of agents over the years. They want to make sure he's handling things the right way. I understand that somebody with his level of productivity wants to get paid, wants to secure his future. But he is coming off a major injury, an ankle surgery. He only played 11 games last year. He's heading into the last year of this deal. I think the Colts want to get a look at him before they extend him, especially now that he's talking about not wanting to be there. Uh, But you and I were talking just before the show started, and we'll get into it a little bit deeper later. I'm not so sure this ends with him on another team. It's an interesting topic for sure, because the one thing we do know is the Colts say everything. Love the kid, unbelievable, upstanding citizen, big part of our team. But, oh, yeah, we don't want to pay. And as Mike said, we'll get into that in just a little bit. How about yesterday? One of the better preseason games you're going to see in a while. Why? Because it felt like the game actually mattered, and technically it did. Why? The Commanders. How about this? Ending a 24-game win streak in the preseason for the Baltimore Ravens on a late field goal by Mr. Sly. Yeah, number of years before since they had lost a preseason game. I think we saw some interesting highlights from guys like Zay Flowers and Sam Howell. Uh, but the one thing I keep coming back to beyond this streak, you know who's still out there slinging it? Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson is still out there. He good, too. I know. Yeah. I know. It's amazing. Need it's a 30 pretty, for 30 on that. wild. Guy. No, you certainly do, because it shows he's one and eight for his career. But again, it's a backup role that you're coming into and certainly performed pretty well enough to win that game. But it was the Washington Commanders prevailing in that one. Let's keep it over in football, but move it to college football here. How about this? You saw a hardball last night coaching for the Ravens. Another hardball here in Michigan. This one is Jim and looks like Michigan says, you know what? Forget about those four games that you didn't want NCAA. We'll just go three games here because, as we know, Mike, those are big tests here in those first three games of the 2023 season. He can't miss those. 
<laughs> yeah, they won't leave the state of Michigan, and they'll play East Carolina, UNLV, Man. and Bowling Green. So I, I think this is a situation where they can kind of just roll the ball out there and pick up three wins. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because the NCAA, again, didn't even like the four games. So Michigan goes, that's fine. We'll give them three. We'll see if this story certainly comes to a head sooner than later. Let's take a look at an interesting situation here at Madison Square Garden, primarily on the Knicks. Trouble with them and the Toronto Raptors. We've seen this before, Mike. Other organizations dipping their toes into documents they probably shouldn't have. Yeah, a gentleman named Chris Correa was sentenced to prison, a former St. Louis Cardinals scouting employee. Uh, for hacking into the Houston Astros database. It seems like this is along those lines. The details will continue to roll out, but the Knicks feel very strongly in order, strongly enough that they decided to get legal. And I'm sure the league and the district courts will be looking into this. International courts, perhaps, Donnie, if this is uh, a situation that requires a look from international law. Very true. As we welcome in the radio audience, you're watching and listening live to the Early Line Tuesday morning edition. Donnie Wrightside, Mike Blewett here, Sirius XM Channel 159. And yeah, we've seen this before in times with the New York Knicks and whoever in sports. Like, oh, look at this. My password still works. Let me just peruse around here and hit, you know, save this, print this out. Nobody's going to know. Of course, those digital fingerprints always turn up. But how about this? If you are a Yankee fan, don't give up yet. Help is on the way. Pereira and Peraza recalled from AAA just in time, Mike Blewett, for you to relax and enjoy some Yankees baseball and a playoff run. Is it apparent? I will be there tonight in order to take ah. in the first game of the inherent run that was about to befall us when these guys were called up. Peraza and Pereira are the saviors of the 2023 Yankees season. I can't wait to see it in person. Mike will remember this day for the rest of his life. That's he can right. tell everybody about where he was when that Yankee run started. I'll tell you, on a run started a couple weeks ago, that's the Seattle Mariners. They dropped 14 runs last night in a win against the White Sox. Who can stop the Mariners? Not even with Julio Rodriguez in the lineup. They can't be stopped. On fire, season high 14 runs, as you see right there on the screen. You just, th this is the time, Donnie, where we start to evaluate these teams and who's going to make a push and who's going to make a run. Is it a little too early? You're always thinking that in the back of your head. Always. Is it a little too early for them to go on a run? Do they play hot for three weeks and then cool off before the playoffs? But the Mariners positioning themselves really well right now. Yeah, one of those teams, Mike, too, that we looked at the trade deadline and said, are you going to get some help? And the ownership group said, no, we're not going to get you any help. We're actually going to sell a little bit here. So good luck the rest of the way. And they certainly have been on a hot run as of late. Talking about a hot run, the Chicago Cubs as well, who have now passed the San Francisco Giants into the wild card spot, number two, just behind the Phillies. Break up the Cubs. Yeah, Cubbies, uh, that <clears throat> it felt like for most of the year, that that NL Central division was there yes. for the for multiple teams, and we weren't sure who was going to put their best foot out there. The Brewers have been in front for a while, but the Cubs not just making a wild card push, but two and a half games behind the Milwaukee Brewers. Talking about a push here, are we pushing Jonathan Taylor out the door in Indy? Let's talk about it next. Come on back with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, talking some NFL football in the morning, particularly right here on the early line, Series XM Channel 159. It's Donnie and Mike here, and we got you covered in this subject, which is Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. Let's just take a look at what actually has been happening here with the Colts. Now, granted, in the offseason, they're looking at quarterback here. What do they do? Draft one of the more talented quarterbacks you're going to find in Anthony Richardson. But everybody knows here, Mike, sometimes it's going to take a little bit of time for this quarterback to get onto the field and be the quarterback you think he can be, which is a franchise guy. Also, taking a look at Gardner Minshew coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles, we figured he probably would factor into the starting equation. He is in Anthony Richardson. That's not the case. Richardson has been named a starting quarterback. So the one thing you could probably bank on with the Colts, or at least you thought was, all right, a dynamic running quarterback, a dynamic running running back, excuse me, running back in the backfield in Jonathan Taylor. But now we're taking a look at all these charades that have been played out over the past three weeks. Jonathan Taylor's happy. He's unhappy. He's happy. He's unhappy. He's in camp. He's not in camp. He's not excused. He is excused. Finally coming to a head here where they're basically saying, okay, you can go out and find yourself a trade here. Before we get into the trade details or what the Colts, Mike, are actually looking at, what are we thinking here with the Colts? Is this just a season it looks like we're writing off completely here for them? You know, I think what's frustrating about that is if you and I look at the Colts roster up and down the line on paper, it's still a pretty mm-hmm. good roster. I think they were really the biggest, amongst the biggest, if not the biggest disappointment in the league last year. The team total lapsed and didn't play well. Even their offensive line unit, which is normally uh, the center of that team, didn't play well last year. They're running it back with a lot of those same players, but a change of coach and change of quarterback. You thought maybe they'd have a little bit of juice, and now this cloud is hanging over them as we head into the preseason. Jonathan Taylor, only 24 years old. It's the last year of his rookie deal. He was a second-round pick, so it's only his fourth season. And now you have to wonder how this plays out. I think the Jaguars are clearly the the class of that AFC South, but I thought yes. maybe the Colts can give them a little bit of a run if Shane Steichen can get what he needs out of Anthony Richardson. Now nah, I just I feel like all of this drama is is like I said, casting a cloud over this team. I can't really fault Jonathan Taylor at this point because NFL players, again, when you run out of guaranteed money, which his contract this year is $3.7 million, but if he does get injured or something catastrophic, there's no guaranteed money there that you have into the future. Okay, say on that new contract, 25, excuse me, 
$25 million guaranteed on that end of it. The interesting part about this overall is the way that the Colts are actually playing this out because they're trying to cover for Jonathan Taylor. Oh, he's not happy. Let's smooth things over. They even talked about the joint practices this week in Philadelphia that he would be on the plane ride for, which I doubt that's going to happen now at this point. So let's take a look at what we can actually get for Jonathan Taylor from a Colts perspective. Of course, they're going to say, Mike, we want a first round draft pick and more. That's not going to happen. And also this late in the game, if you would have had Jonathan Taylor on the market before the draft and free agency, other teams would have bit there. They would have probably said, okay, we have money budgeted here for a certain position. Running back, it looks like he can push us over the top. Let's just say the Buffalo Bills will use them for a circumstance here. All right, you know what? We're, we're in right now. The prime is here. Second and a third round pick gets it done. We'll pay him some money and away we go. But everybody right now, Mike, budgeted for 2023, a running back who we already know that market has been depressed. He's going to want a big payday. And also, they're going to want really good draft compensation. Let me ask you this question. Are we still talking about Jonathan Taylor like week one, week two in the NFL season as still being out for the Colts? Is this something you think is going to be remedied over the next, let's just say, 24 to 48 hours? What are we looking at from your side of this? I don't think there's any chance it gets remedied over the next 24 to 48 hours. I think there is a possibility He's on the sidelines to start the season as they continue to look for suitors. But I'm with you in not blaming Jonathan Taylor. He's proved in his three seasons that he is in a, uh, towards in the top tier of NFL running backs. He's a versatile back and explosive as well. I'd also understand if the Colts had concerns about the ankle surgery. That's what how this all started. Him complaining about issues related to the ankle surgery, kind of pointing fingers at the team, and it got more complicated from there. It's been a merry-go-round ever since. In terms of teams that are going to throw big money at him this, this year, the Browns just restructured Miles Garrett's contract, so they have the most salary cap space, $35 million. But Nick Chubb resides there. Arizona Cardinals are next. That's not a team that's making trades <laughs> to add money to the roster. The Lions just drafted Jameer Gibbs. I'm going in order of cap space, by the way. Yeah. The Bengals are next. That It's like, well, maybe they have Joe Mixon there, but do they need more or far to try to win a Super Bowl, but it's not really the type of move that the Bengals make. They're a normally very austere team and aren't going to throw money at a running back that's not on their team. And then uh, the Panthers are next, and then the Colts, ironically, are next. And I just, you and I talking before this segment, it is a time at which the Colts could actually afford to do something here. They have 19 million in cap space this year. In 2024, it's 73 million. In 2025, it's 157 million. I understand there'll be many signings between now and then, but the Colts have managed their cap to the point where they have room to do this. They can give him a three-year extension, and at 24 years old, that would take him to his age 27 season. And from then, you can make decisions to move on. And all the while, Anthony Richardson is developing with a strong running game, an offensive line that has in the league. It is curious to me why they are so against looking at an extension, unless, as you pointed out correctly, they're at his, he and his agent, uh, Malik uh, Kawa, are asking for a ton of money. Yeah, the, the couple points here that are, are are interesting as well. When you're taking a look at the running back room, again, in the NFL, it is a depressed market here. But how much money does he want, and what were the offers coming through? Now, there's a tweet out here from beat writer Stephen Holder that says, he says, Jim Irsay told him personally on the record they never even made a contract offer. So if you remember, this was maybe about two weeks ago. They had a meeting. It was Jonathan Taylor and the owner. 
Like, it's like, okay, well, what, what actually went down? Did Jonathan Taylor walk in and be like, okay, look, let's start here, $20 million a year. All right, that's not going to happen. But I'm basically in the field where Taylor's like, okay, I deserve a new contract here. I think I'm worth X amount. Well, let's see what's on the table. And Ursay's like, yeah, you know what? You're running back. I'm not paying you at all. So get out there on the field. And if you have a great season, I'll probably tag you the following season and then just let you walk at that time. No running back is going to want to hear that. But also, when you're taking a look at the room, right, the quarterback room that we're talking about for the Colts, when you have cheap labor in that room, you can pay your whole roster, Mike. Where does it exactly. always turn up for NFL teams get themselves in trouble, right? You start handing quarterbacks. 50 to 60 million dollars a year and then say okay boy we can't pay our top wide receiver or a secondary wide receiver boy we were going with a two tight end set now we can't spend on both of those tight ends we have to figure out where we're going to fit in as long as you have that quarterback manageable and again if you think Richardson is that guy that's five years of control here by the time you're right let's just say three years 45 million with 25 million dollars guaranteed for Jonathan Taylor that's wiped off the books by the time you actually might have some restraints on the salary cap which I do think is interesting but talk to me about this for a running back on a team said hey look I think I'm worth a little bit more and the owner goes worth more you're lucky you're getting what you get and I'm not even going to renegotiate and give you anything here at this point that's got to be a terrible look here for Jonathan Taylor to try to show up the work in that environment yeah 25 quarterbacks will get paid more than Anthony Richardson this season to, to so to further your point about <laughs> the amount of room that they have to work with as we've already stated top six in the league and salary cap space I think a lot of this, Donnie, is going to come back to we know who Jim Ursay is. He's a wild card, and he goes to the beat of his own drummer. He's not totally unique in that way regarding NFL owners, but I think he's digging in. I think this has now become an ego play, and he doesn't want to be shown up by his running back. I really do think this could have been a very simple negotiation in the way that you laid it out. We have cap space. We have the running back. We're developing a quarterback. Let's set everything in stone. The only thing I can think of is the ankle issue. But everybody seems to have signed off on it, that he'll be fine in a few weeks. He'd certainly be fine for week one. And here we are. I just think this is going to be ugly. And I think it's going to get more awkward because I don't think there's a landing spot for him right away. Certainly not at the price that's being asked. Yeah, Jim Irsay, the wild card. He could wake up tomorrow and make him the highest paid running back in football. We never know with sure. him. But you know what we do know? A 24-game win streak was snapped last night. Let's talk about it on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. 
Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, Monday Night Football. Say it ain't so. We actually had a good one last night in the preseason and very rare that a preseason game does come down to the wire with two higher-scoring teams. 29-28 to 28 final last night. That was the Washington Commanders over the Baltimore Ravens, ending the Baltimore Ravens' 24-pre-game preseason win streak, which was pretty impressive. Now, the thing I liked about this one is you sort of could see it coming on the horizon, Mike. And the reason being is you're not going to be able to win every single game in the preseason, but since 2015, mm-hmm. the Baltimore Ravens have done that. You saw the commanders yesterday say, all right, we're going to run our starting offense out there for quite a bit to see if we can ramp things thing up with Eric Bieniemy's new offense. And they did, and they look good in doing that. But this was a Ravens team with a lot of backups to backups out on the field. They played extremely well, and it took a late field goal, basically at the gun, to win it for the commanders, 29-28. to 28. And you saw at the end of the game, there was a little bit of celebrating going on in the commander's sideline. New owner liked the win. The team was ready for it. And also, an offensive lineman yesterday basically saying, like, this is the dumbest streak I've ever seen, and we are going to end it. And the commanders, they did end it, Mike. Yeah, Sam Cosme didn't have kind words before the game about the no. streak, and uh, he called his shot. Uh, Josh Harris, the new owner, uh, some awkward antics in the booth with Joe yes. Buck, shaking hands when it wasn't a handshake. But a big part of this, Donnie, the Ravens ran 40, 49 offensive plays, and the Washington Commanders ran 78 offensive plays. So they got a lot of reps in. Washington threw the ball a ton. Three quarterbacks in last night. Hal goes 19 of 25 for 188 and two touchdowns from 10 of 16 with a touchdown. And Jacoby Brissett, 7 7 for 11 for 47 yards. So they were chucking the ball all around the field and at times looked pretty good. Sam Howell made some nice plays at the end of the first half there against number two defenders. But still, uh, I thought there were some positive things to take out of there, some a good rapport, obviously, with Deami Brown, his former uh, college teammate. And then Terry McLaurin, I, I think, was a story last night because he came out of the game with a what looked like a sprained ankle. I think he's avoided any serious injuries, x-rays negative, and it didn't look to be as severe as some other high ankle sprains that we see. But that that's something to monitor. I think the other highlights there is Zay Flowers on the first drive working with Josh Johnson makes a really nice explosive play and scores a touchdown. There's been a lot of positives out of camp regarding Zay Flowers, and I think he's somebody to keep an eye on in the offensive rookie of the year chase. Oh, he certainly is. I'm I'm very high on the Ravens this year. Took them in on the uh, FanDuel Sportsbook. They have that little bonus promo there. About a certain amount, you, each every win up to ten wins, you get a bonus back there. The Ravens were my team at eighteen to one. I do expect them to do big things. But just watching the game overall, I was impressed with the Ravens because again, coming into this, knowing that they love to win these type of football games, they weren't playing their starters. It wasn't Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins in the backfield mm-hmm. and Odell Beckham Jr. saying, "Hey, you know what? We're going to protect this win streak here and see how high we can run it." up but also at the same time I understand it's a football game and you're playing backups but I was still pretty impressed in the first half here with the work Sam Howell did 19 of 25 buck 88 two touchdowns no interceptions he did make some 
plays there that you don't like, like taking the sacks here. But every time they were behind the yeah. sticks, Mike, it seemed like it was okay. Either there was a penalty committed for the Baltimore Ravens or Sam Howell was just dropping dimes all over the football field. So I was encouraged by that. And that's what Eric Bannemi needs. A little bit of that, okay, guys, let's get some good vibes going here entering into the season. But you are correct here. The Terry McLaurin play, which looks like he banged up his toe. X-rays did come back negative there, but you never know with toe injuries and feet injuries. That's sure. something that you certainly don't want to see in the preseason. But overall, if you're looking at the Commanders now two and zero in the preseason. You get as much good momentum as you can entering into the season. But I thought that was a pretty good win for them last night. Now talking about the Baltimore Ravens, were they angry? No, you saw hard about the press conference. Hey, look, it's a hard fought football game. Congratulate them; they won. Yes, it's the preseason. We take a lot of pride in it, but it is what it is at this point. Here, we've seen teams in the past three and zero, four and zero in the preseason have terrible seasons. And the Dallas yep. Cowboys, Mike of the nineteen nineties, routine for getting blown out in every preseason game and then returning the favor in the regular season overall. If we're taking Taking a look at Sam Howe, based on his performance last night, is the needle moving higher? Or are we now looking and saying, like, okay, Washington has a lot of talent out there. If Sam Howe can be productive, maybe this could be a wild card team in the NFC. What are you thinking here? So I think that more than any other team, Washington needed desperately needed something like this and these last two weeks in order to get some of the negative stories that have been coming out of their camp to move on. Remember the controversy with Ron Rivera talking about the enemy and he had to make a weird apology about it. And there was some seemingly like building contention between the enemy and some of the players. I think that washes mm -hmm. away now that the players, especially the, the passing offense knows that they have something dynamic to work with now. I do not put that much stock into preseason games. So I'm not going to change my overall opinion of the commanders. However, as bad as the commanders were last year, Donnie, they didn't collapse. They were nearly a 500 team and a change in quarterback play and an up-tempo offensive system might just be what the doctor ordered in order for them to scrape out another couple of wins. I personally don't think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be as good as they were a year ago. I do think the Giants will be very competitive and the Eagles are the top team in the NFC coming into the year. So they have a lot of competition within the division, but uh, playing some other fourth place teams, maybe they can scrape out a couple of more wins than they did last year. I'm not bullish on them. But I do think the how the enemy marriage is one of the unique storylines in the NFL this preseason. It should be. And for a draft pick here that wasn't a high draft pick that was coming off a rookie season where you only really saw him in one game, they put a lot of faith in him in the offseason. We'll see if he can repay that because maybe the Washington Commanders would have had a much different look if they had a veteran quarterback and maybe the outlook would change here. But you know, with a quarterback, look, you can't just get the veterans in there and play merry-go-round like the Indianapolis Colts tried to do. If you have a young kid, you think he can play, you owe him to that chance there to try to do that. We'll see if that pays out. Let's flip it over to the other team there, the Baltimore Ravens. I like what's going on as you said I bet them to win the Super Bowl will they get there I don't know but that ticket as long as they get to the playoffs and win a playoff game you could hedge out for some pretty good profitable opportunities but having said that we see Sam Howe playing we saw the starters go out there last night for the Washington Commanders and Eric Bieniemy's new offense now, Todd Munkin's come over now to the Baltimore Ravens in a new offense we haven't seen OBJ we haven't seen anything from Lamar Jackson yet is that a mistake to not get him reps in the preseason where he said look man Donnie 
He's an MVP guy. Looks great in practice. We're not going to risk anything. We're going to go guns blazing in Houston for game number one. Give me a thought process on the Ravens and saying, you know what? We're going to hold everything under wraps here to the regular season. I would do that if I were the Ravens too. I think this is the right play for them. I'd have Lamar under glass like they've had him. Mm -hmm. I don't want any risk of any kind. He's, he's the type of player that he is for a reason. He's dynamic. He's sometimes open to injury risk, although I would repeat, as I've repeated on air, hundreds of times, the plays in which Lamar got hurt were not a result of him scrambling around in the way that Lamar does. Mm -hmm. They were mostly pocket plays. So it can happen at any time. And I would say that <clears throat> the Ravens win total at 10 and a half, to me, is right about the ceiling. I don't expect this to be a 13-win team, for example. I just think the division is too tough. Yes, I think correct. the AFC is too tough. But I do not mind a bet on the Ravens like you have to win the Super Bowl because if everything uh, aligns with this new offensive coordinator <clears throat> in Todd Munkin, then I think we'll see a different version of Lamar, a better version of Lamar than we've seen the last couple of seasons. My concern, though, if right now is you and I or anybody else haven't got any eyes on it. We expect it to be more up-tempo. We expect it to be different from Greg Roman's philosophy, but we just haven't seen it. We've seen the, the system in the past, but we haven't seen it in action just yet. So uh, maybe hold back a little bit of the enthusiasm that you have regarding the Ravens. I wouldn't pick them to win the Super Bowl now, but I do think it's a great bet. I'll tell you what the interesting part is, too, the, the point that you bring up. Sometimes you're a product of your environment. That is an unbelievably competitive division where they're going to beat up on each other weekly. So whoever makes the wild card out of that is not going to be your true wild card team. Like, oh, just sneaking in the playoffs at 9-8. and eight. No, that might be a really good football team. Just got a little bit of bad luck from that division. Same thing with the AFC East. Oh, no, the Jets only won totally nine agree. games this year. Right. Well, look who they were actually playing the entire way, and they'll be certainly pressed once they get to the playoffs if they make it. One of those teams, again, for those wild card spots. Let me ask you this question on the Washington Commanders. Yeah. If we're putting odds yeah. on something here, Ron Rivera is the head coach. Obviously, we know Eric Bannon was brought in. Hey, revamp the offense here. We'll see how that goes. But Ron Rivera, to keep his job, what do the Washington Commanders have to do this year? Is it simple as make the playoffs? We're not going to fire a head coach or not extend the coach that makes the playoffs? Or is it just like have a decent season where the needle is moving upwards? What does Ron Rivera need to do to keep his job in Washington beyond this year? I don't think the decent season is going to save his gig. It's it's interesting because if this offense does work out, I think there'll be there'll be an impetus to keep the enemy around and potentially elevate him. But if this is just a nine and eight team and they miss out on the playoffs or they lose the first wild card game that they play in, I don't think that saves them. Anytime there's a change in ownership, Donnie we're going to yeah. see coaching changes. And I just think that Rivera is very well respected. So Josh Harris wasn't going to come in at the late stage that he did and make a change. It was, it was going to upset the entire season and turf the whole season. So uh, I think it's going to be tough for Ron Rivera to keep his job unless they really overperform expectations. Their win total is six and a half. So just clearing that benchmark isn't going to be good enough uh, to back to your point about, the Ravens and the AFC East. I think that's exactly right. I think you could see a Jets team and a Ravens or Bengals team end up being a wild card, and they're far more dangerous in the playoffs than they have looked in the regular season.
And by the way, interesting on Eric Bieniemy, you can't pick a tougher spot here. You got Sam Howell as your quarterback, a lame duck head yeah. coach, and you're expected to be the savior in Washington for franchise that has struggled for quite some time. We'll see how it turns out. But let's flip it over to Major League Baseball. Let's talk about those Cubbies. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and... Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wild card races in Major League Baseball. This is the fun of it. This is why there's extra teams placed in the wild card race because we are talking about a numerous amount of teams that still legitimately have a chance to make the postseason in Major League Baseball. As we sit here, August 22nd, 2023, we got about five, five and a half weeks left of the Major League Baseball season. A lot of games to be played and a lot of jockeying for positioning. One team that's been ultra impressive here is now the Cubs at 65 and 59, basically left dead and buried. We were talking about, oh man, wonder where Marcus Stroman's going. Hey, Cody Bellinger's hot. He might be able to get a nice piece back for the Chicago Cubs as they are going to be sellers at the trade deadline. They weren't sellers at the deadline. They bought a little bit. They added Candelario, and they're playing great base, which includes a 7-6 win last night over the Tigers, which moves them up a seed here in the wild card race. The Chicago Cubs, man, getting hot at the right time. But as we started the show, is it actually the right time? Or it'd be like, hey, can you... Ease off a little bit, get your lull out of the way, and then fire it back up like September 10th. Sometimes we peak a little bit too early, but you can't be mad at the Cubs for what they're doing. Yeah. So the Phillies have a little bit of a cushion in this wild card race, three games, and then the Cubs really no cushion at all, right? This could be gone by by the time we're on air tomorrow. Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami, San Francisco, the Cubs, and Phillies all in the mix there. You start to go to another tier there with the Padres and the Mets after that. Uh, Shockingly, the Mets closer to a playoff spot than the Yankees as bad, and the Mets gave up on the season. But in terms of the Cubs, I think you and I are totally aligned here. It's a good run. It's positioning them and getting them into wild card position. But do they have enough for the next five weeks to keep this going? I just feel like so oftentimes, Donnie, a lot of fans are lose focus on September baseball and it's wildly important because, because the NFL has come back and college football has come back 
and all of this jockeying is happening. So this is a last chance for everybody to have all eyes on baseball for another two weeks to see who's going to be in the mix. But so much of this can change. I I get the sense that in the National League in particular, we're not going to see much separation between those three or four teams until the final weekend at best. It's always fun to talk about, though, because if we do focus right now on the National League, as we're talking about the Cubs now in that second wild card position, the Phillies lead and have a three-game lead here in the wild card race over the Cubs. But if we're looking at the Giants, the Diamondbacks, the Reds, the Marlins, now granted, the San Diego Padres are certainly an enigma to me. Very talented, but certainly can't seem to get things together. They did win a game last night, which we'll get to a little bit later. But having said that, it looks like there's really a cutoff at the Marlins. And the Marlins losing at the worst time as we talked about about three straight games here. It's like, hey, we used to control our own wild card destiny. Now we don't. Yeah. But if we're looking, let's just say the Padres at five and a half, the Mets at six and a half are out of it at this point. If we just focus on the teams, like let's just say the Giants, Diamondbacks, Reds, and the Marlins, if I had to give you, because they're all lumped up within a game and a half, if you if I ask you now, August 22nd, who's the odd man out for you in the wild card race here to get in and say, you know what? I don't think the Reds can compete. I don't think the Marlins are there. I don't think the Giants hold on. Who's that odd man out? The odd man out. Well, I'll say this. Uh, the Giants mm-hmm. are going through a rough stretch right now at three and seven, but I think the Giants are yeah. good enough to make it in. What's the enigma about the Padres, to your point, Donnie, is there's six games below 500, and I'm not of the opinion normally that, like, uh, you know, maybe this team can turn it around. If you've played 126 baseball games and you're not <laughs> yes. above 500, you're not a good team. However, correct, they are plus 61 in run differential. That is very yep. unusual to be six games below 500 with a plus 61 run differential. In fact, it's far better than the Giants at plus two, and it's right in line with the Cubs and better than the Phillies. So maybe... That math works out for the Padres over the course of the next five weeks, but um, I just feel like the Reds had a lot of juice at points during the season, and it seems to have faded to some extent. But again, I just think that these teams are going to be separated. I put the Giants in. Uh, I put the Giants in just based on talent level and their ability to get to the finish line against some of their competition. Maybe the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are eight out of one eight of their last ten and three in a row, can steal their lunch. But I'd bet on the Giants before I'd bet on the Diamondbacks. Does that make sense? It does make sense to me because it's almost like one of those this organization been there, done that, and also doing it unheralded. You look at that one through nine lineup each day in San Francisco. It's like, oh my goodness, Jock Peterson's there. Like, yeah, okay, they're quality baseball players, but a lot of these other teams have those superstars that can carry them. It just feels like the San Francisco Giants just appear in the playoff race late every single year. And like, oh man, how did they actually get here at this point? But if we look at some of the other teams, maybe the more I can't say that we expected this, right? The Cincinnati Reds, a game back here in the wild card race, they're in it. There's five weeks to go and plenty of games sure. for them to snap back. But sometimes you're waiting on saying, you know what? Maybe that young pitching just won't hold up here. They didn't make really any moves at the trade deadline to bolster. But at the same time, they're saying to themselves, we know we're not a World Series contender. Let's see how some of these young guys do in big pressure spots to see how they can handle themselves. Now, one guy they were waiting to get back was Hunter Green. He got smashed the other night. So it's one of those like, ooh, maybe we were hoping for a shot in the arm. And that didn't happen. He gave up five home runs in that start coming back off of the 
IL. But if I look at a team that I do think is very interesting to me, it's the Miami Marlins. I really liked what they did at the deadline. Bolstered their one through nine. They have the young pitchers that if they can get in line, which it looks like Sandy Alcantara is doing, they would be a fun team to watch in the playoffs. Now only sit a game and a half back. But again, as I said, they've lost three games in a row. It's a bad time to have a, a losing streak here when you're jockeying for a playoff positioning. But if I'm looking at one team, I think that can get into the playoffs and maybe win a round. I think it's the Marlins for me in the in the uh, AL. Or excuse me, NL. It's inter- interesting. I'd, I'd love to take a closer look at their schedule. They mm-hmm. are 10 games below 500 against under 500 teams. So they have lost to a lot of bad teams. I think that's been their bugaboo for a lot of the season. But to your point, they did some retooling at the deadline. That doesn't always pay dividends right away. That's an eight-week stretch that we're looking at, right? You know how baseball is. A lot of times we tend to focus a little bit too much on this series or the next series. We know the Yankees are bad because they've been bad for seven weeks. We're not sure exactly what this new Marlins team looks like over the course of of eight weeks and that's really what the race is but i understand where you're coming from they do have some interesting pieces there to get them to the finish line again i i just think this is the final weekend we'll still be sitting here talking about is it the marlins is it the diamondbacks is it the giants i think that could really happen right down to the wire yeah, big series here in Philadelphia, too, with the Philadelphia Phillies and the San Francisco Giants with the Phillies taking game one yesterday. We'll preview that a little bit here in our number two. But let's get to the AL gear and take a look at that race. The Tampa Bay Rays sit in that wild card position one, which is say, hey, that's pretty good there. But based on the season of how it started, we didn't expect the Tampa Bay Rays to talk about wild card anything. We figured they might be talking about the best overall record in baseball. Behind them is the Houston Astros. Quality team, World Series champion last year, looking to get healthy for a playoff run. Struggled a little bit, but finally picked up a win yesterday. And then there's the Seattle Mariners. If it ended today, the season, they would be in the playoffs. Seven straight wins for them now, 70 and 55, just behind them, the Toronto Blue Jays. And then you get that little shelf. It's the Red Sox four games back, the Angels nine games back, and the Yankees at nine and a half back. So if I'm asking you this question, like, oh, who's going to be the odd man out in the National League? We're going to pick two teams here for you, Mike. That's the Toronto Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners jockeying for position to make it in. Now, granted, I already know that the Astros only a half game up there on the Mariners. But if we focus on just those two teams, Mariners, Jays, who gets it for you and who makes it into the playoffs? I I would not have thought we were having this conversation (laughs) a month ago or two months ago or three months ago. But I think the fact that Seattle is battling with the Astros and the Rangers so closely, I think it keeps them mentally in a better position almost than the Jays are in because there's some distance between the Jays and even the Rays and Orioles. I don't think the Jays right now, they're obviously playing for it. Every baseball team plays for it, but I don't think they're playing for the division. I think they're playing to keep their head above water and the Mariners are legitimately in the mix to win their own division. So I get that we're, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment in the middle of a seven game win streak, but we're also talking about a team that's transformed themselves post all post uh, trade deadline in order to be far more competitive. So for me, I'm right now going to take the Mariners for the reasons that I've stated. 
Yeah, and also the Mariners have the front line starting pitching, also the good young front line starting pitching. And this yeah. lineup is coming. Cal Rowley looks like he might be the next coming of Mike Piazza right now at the plate. Absolutely on fire. And yesterday, game where they scored 14 runs. Like, how many did Julio Rodriguez get in that game? He didn't even play, and they still dropped 14. So right. the good vibes there for the Mariners continuing. As I said, if the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. Let me ask you this question. AL West, which is very fascinating now. The Texas Rangers, the yeah. Houston Astros, and the Seattle Mariners. If we line them up on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win that division, it's the Rangers at a minus 115, the Astros at a plus 135, and here come the Mariners at a plus 360 price. Texas can't get out of their own way right now. Houston finally stopped their losing streak. How do we see this playing out in the West here? Rangers, Astros, or maybe even the Mariners? Who creeps in and claims that West title? I don't think you're going to get plus money on the Houston Astros for much longer, Donnie. At plus 135, to to have a team that's as talented as they are that was expected to run it back to win the division, and now they're still work. It's August 22nd, and they're still plus money. That's what it would be at the moment. I'm telling you right now, too, because every time, like the FanDuel Sportsbook does some pretty good things on a day-to-day basis, but at least every, I would say, like two to three days, they give you like a 25% profit boost, and I keep on stacking up. Like, the, I have the Houston Astros right now. Granted, I'm a Phillies fan. I actually have a ticket also in the San Diego Padres, but the team I keep loading up on late is the Houston Astros. The minute they go out and get Verlander, which now means you have a legitimate one-two punch heading into the playoffs yep. if they stay healthy, but the one through nine also getting healthier by the day, Altuve coming back, Jordan Alvarez. And also, let's remind ourselves, when they get to the playoffs, Houston typically does very cheating or no cheating. If they win a World Series here, I am backing them to do that. Do you have a front runner here that you're looking for right now? Because I like to take it out and say, okay, we know the Dodgers are really good. We know the Braves are. Outside of those two teams, what team would you be backing here, Mike, heading down the back stretch saying, you know what? I either think they can get hot or I think they could be a front runner here to win the whole thing. I think I'm with you on the Astros. <clears throat> Adding Verlander puts them in the mix to have that frontline starter in the playoffs. And by the way, on the FanDuel Sportsbook, 7-1 to one to win the World Series, the third shortest odds. They have shorter odds to win the World Series than the Rangers, who have shorter yeah, odds than them crazy. to win the division. <laughs> I think you, you can play that out, right? <clears throat> Even if the Rangers will get it, once the Rangers get into the playoff mix, I think there's some doubt as to a sort of a first-time team to have success to run it all the way to a World Series title. The Astros are certainly not that. They have a pedigree of having won a lot recently. And with the addition of Verlander, I think it just makes them a threat in any shorter series. So right now it's 7-1. to Again, if they overtake the Rangers in this division, which they could by the end of the week, those odds are going to flip, and their odds of winning the World Series are going to go down. So I think you have some shots there. The Rays at 14-1, to they're getting worse as the season goes on. They lose a starting lefty ace. Uh, they've lost their starting shortstop. I think that their odds could continue to plummet. And I just don't, I can't, backing the Orioles and the Rangers in seasons like this is a little too tough. We all love the randomness of baseball in the postseason, but putting money, hard-earned money down on a ticket is uh, might be a little bit of a fool's errand right now. No, exactly. You take it. The playoffs are a much different breed here than the actual regular season, particularly over the summer. Love what the Orioles are doing, but it just seems like if you line them up in a short series against a team like the Astros, the Astros can now pitch them about the bullpen and frontline starting pitching. And then also that one through nine knows how to hit in the playoffs here. How about hitting hard? That's James Harden. Let's talk about him next. See what's going on. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um. Quick little segment here before we hit the top of the hour. An hour number two of the early line on a Tuesday morning. He's Mike Blewett. I'm Donnie Wrightside here. And one of these topics, look, the NBA technically slowing down right now. It is their offseason. We're all waiting for football and college football, the NFL, and so be it. But we're trying to take a look at some of the superstars that have a lasting impact on either their team or the game this year. Games, I should say. Number one in Philadelphia, it's James Harden. Boy, he's been squawking a lot for the past week. And as Sham Sharani, a tweet here that states, as part of an NBA probe into his liar comments, James Harden told league investigators he was referring to Daryl Morey, telling Harden he will trade him quickly following the $35.6 million opt-in for 2023-2024. You have an unhappy player, a team that goes, we're not going to trade you. This always works out well, doesn't it, Mike? I have to hand it to the NBA. (laughs) The NBA Finals is a long time ago now. Yep. And we just, these the stories never stop. Player drama never stops in the NBA. I think it's why so many people are so interested in it, particularly younger uh, sports fans are so interested in it because there's a constant flow on social media of player drama. But I don't really know exactly how this sorts itself out. It is 35 million bucks. He is playing with another superstar in the league, but he seems dedicated to never suiting up for the Sixers again. But what are the options to go back to Houston? I know that's been bandied about, but is that real? I just don't know exactly how this could work out with a big payment due him right now. Yeah, here's how it was supposed to work out, James Harden. I will never play for the Philadelphia 76ers. All you had to do was decline your player option of $35.6 million. You could have played for whatever team and whatever town you wanted to and been loving life here. But the fact that you opted in, which means the Sixers now hold your rights and you're trying to force your way out, we'll see what happens. Who actually gets moved first? Is it Dame Lillard? Is it James Harden? Maybe we'll find out over the next couple weeks here as we wait to see what's going to take place. I'll tell you what's going to take place next. We're going to go to Al- we're number two and talk even more basketball. The FIBA championships are on deck. Let's go. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.